Harness Racing, Victoria Wide. RSN 927 is Talking Trots. That's exactly what we're doing on this beautiful Saturday morning. We are Talking Trots. I'm joined by Blake Redden, which is a great privilege as always. How are you, Bakes? Uh, that might be a bit of overkill, Bond, but uh, yeah, looking forward to, uh, I guess, for the large part of the show, I'll be dissecting so far the Vic Bread Super Series. I'll tell you what was a genuine privilege. Yesterday afternoon, we caught up with Emma Stewart prior to the four-year-old Vic Bread Super Series qualifiers after her and her partner Clayton Tonkin's utter domination of this Vic Bread series, Super Series so far and to go through all of the winners and what's likely to come in the series as we continue on. We've got Emma on the line right now. Emma, uh, unbelievable start of the series. Tuesday night in particular is something I don't think anybody has ever seen in the past, winning every single qualifier on night one of the Vic Bread Super Series. Just give us a snapshot of how the night progressed and how it felt to uh, to dominate the way you did. Well, we always thought we had a good hand um, during the night and I thought we had a few winners there and, you know, we're lucky enough to have a good crop of two-year-olds this season, but you sort of... You never think you're going to win every race, and I think uh, they all race super, even the ones that were placed um, against the other ones. So, uh, yeah, the night sort of rolled, one win rolled into the other, and uh, it was a terrific night. You sort of, you don't really reflect on it until a bit later on, and um, when you speak to the owners, and they're, and they're just that excited, and yeah, it was just one of those nights where it was just, um, it was really too good to be true. It's interesting you mentioned you, you've got a really good two-year-old team this year. I've got to say from the outside, over the last three or four or five years, you've had some real superstars going around in the juvenile divisions. And I was kind of looking at your team thinking, yes, you do have a really strong hand, but I don't know if this is the strongest two-year-old crop you've ever had. So to me, it makes the achievement even greater that it's a very good crop of two-year-olds, I think, that you have, but maybe not as good as in previous years. What's your opinion? Do you think this is actually maybe the best or the deepest crop of juvenile boys and girls you've had? I don't think it's the best. I think it's probably the deepest. You know, normally there's one or two standouts amongst the crop and the other ones are a fair way below those ones. But I would say the depth of it this year um, has probably been the strongest because, um, you know, there's four or five fillies that go as good as each other and the same as the Colts. So, yeah, it's probably not... We haven't got a standout superstar, but I think um, on average, you know, they're they're probably our best crop. Don't really know where to start here, Emma, but we might as well talk about Merigon. There's seven winners to go through from Tuesday night alone, so there's, there's yes. ample opportunities. There is, but I think Merigon's worth talking about because he was a horse that had to do work in his race, and um, I guess after the last start, there was a, there was a little bit of a question in terms of where exactly he was at, but he hit back really hard, and I think he probably asserted himself as, you know, along with Bill. I mean, you don't really want to pick him out because who could really grade them? Maybe we'll get him into it some stage, but he did. he certainly stamped himself on the series on Tuesday. Yeah, he did. We've always really liked him and, um, you know, I was probably a little bit harsh on his last run because if you look at his sectionals and the work he did earlier, he didn't run a bad race, but I still thought he should have won. So um, he did redeem himself and I think he's more of a speed horse as well. So, you know, sitting in the breeze doesn't really suit him, but, you know, he showed a lot of guts the other night and um, he probably stepped it up a couple of notches where he sort of, where we thought he was at and... Um, yeah, he, he's, a, he's a lovely horse and, you know, I think you'll see the best of him when he's that cold and he, and he comes to one sprint. 
We should touch on Beale Street as well from the same division. Now, I spoke to Clayton, I reckon, was a number of weeks back before Beale Street's debut, and he said, just watch out for this one horse. Beale Street turned up and looked like he'd be more of a three-year-old than a two-year-old. I know you've been on record on a number of occasions, Em, saying he's your breeder's crown tip, but we're in the Vic Bread Super Series right now. Is he progressing quickly enough that he can actually win this series as well because he's a big, strong, powerful customer and he's getting better very, very quickly? Yeah, he is. He sort of surprised me a bit because if you see him in the flesh, he looks like a, an eight-year-old gelding. Like, he's absolutely huge and it sort of took him a little while to, to get his feet, but he's starting to sort of um, switch on now and he's probably come to hand a little bit quicker than what we thought and, you know, I think he's one that's definitely going to be a better three-year-old, but, you know, the way he's racing at the moment, he's definitely a winner's hope. We might jump back and forth a little bit here. I might go to the Phillies for a second, Emma, and I'm quite interested in your thoughts of the Artemidi Margita clash. Artemidi was favourite. I, I spoke to you probably a month or six weeks ago, and I know you had a good rap on her. Were you a little bit surprised that Artemidi could sit outside her and beat her? Margita, yeah. Margita. I, 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 oh, was, I was, but um, in saying that, Margita's, you know, a terrific racehorse, and she's actually been the surprise of the group because she's, just come to us from being broken in so this is really her first prep and um you know she just progressed really quickly and uh it's just a a terrific little uh, little race filly so i didn't think she could sit outside the other one uh the other one um you know sucked wind the other night and i think that slowed her up a little bit so uh i still do like artemidian i think she's a, a terrific filly but um Majida may just have a little bit of x factor about her and um i think they're both you know terrific fillies she dug in Margita the other night. That was uh, I like the attitude that she showed. But um, we'll just go through a couple of the other winners from Tuesday night because we've still got to move on to Thursday. More winners there. Pandering has obviously been a really professional customer. Is he? Well, is the evidence there that he's just that half step below a horse like Miragon? I know he's already got his big win over there in South Australia, but is he a half step below, or with the right draws, can he still potentially win the series? Um, definitely with the right draw he could, but I do think he's sort of a half step behind. You know, he's done a terrific job travelling to Adelaide and I think the travelling's really helped him and, you know, he's a relaxed sort of fella and he seems to be enjoying his, his racing more now. So, uh, he sort of probably hasn't got the brilliance, brilliance of Miragon, but, um, you know, given the right trip, he's definitely, um, he's definitely capable of winning. Treasure did an enormous job after the early trouble to pick herself up and, uh, and still win. Yeah, I really like Treasure. She's uh, she gives you nothing much at home. You know, she just does her work, but it's nothing fantastic. And you know, she's travelled to Adelaide as well. And um, she's it's weird because she's like a placid filly. Nothing really worries her, but she gets a little bit agitated at the start. And you know, it wasn't her fault this week, so I can forgive her for that. But as long as she sort of can settle down at the start, you know, she's a a lovely race filly, and she just sticks her head out and tries her heart out. So, yeah, I'm a big fan of hers. And the other two winners from the Phillies division you had, Amelia Rose was superbly driven, I think, by Amanda Turnbull, uh, got the nice little trail in transit and showed a good turn of speed. She seems like one that's improving all the time. And Gemstone went around in the strongest of the divisions, I think. She's had a nice little rivalry going with horses like Alice Kay in summertime and was too good for them on Tuesday night. Um, give us a little wrap on them. And then, I know it's early and there's still a lot of water to go under the bridge, but give us... Your number one seed, at least, for the boys and girls division, please, of the two-year-olds. Well, start with Amelia Rose. She's my favourite. She's been my pick from the start. And um, her, her two race starts um, have been disappointing. And then she was scoped after her last one. And she had um, 
some stuff going on with her throat. So she's had an op and she came back without a trial. So we decided to drive her quiet because she's really speedy. So Danny was, I think, I've never seen Danny so excited to win a race. It's where he's won a group one. So uh, he loves the filly and, and it means something to him. And um, she's my she's my pick for the series. Um, Gemstone was terrific. Uh, she just keeps getting better and better. She's sort of a highly strung filly and she's done a fair bit of travelling now, which I think sort of matured her up a little bit. And she's starting to concentrate more on, on what she's doing. And um, she's definitely, she's probably a half step below the better ones, but she's definitely um, in the mix to be winning it. And the boys, the uh, the top seed for the boys? Uh, oh, that's hard. I really like Adapt. Um, he sort of raced really greenly the other night. And, you know, he definitely wasn't gone, but he... He was pretty untractable the other night. He's my Smokey because he's a he's fairly green and but he's got the speed to match Miragon, if not a little bit quicker. But um, Miragon's probably got you know the race experience and the manners um, to be winning the series. It's at this point you normally want as many listeners as you can for your show, but it's at this point that you don't want too many listeners because I think that probably would have lost a couple of fans based on what happened. It'll uh, be a lot better for the experience. No doubt, suspect, no, yeah. no, no doubt about it. Yeah. But when you're looking at all these guns, you're thinking to yourself, who can I, who am I actually going to back long term to try and win the series? And luckily, this won't be not, played till Saturday morning. We've got so. the inside running here, so that's <laughs> terrific. Um, we'll move on to uh, a terrific night Thursday night, and I've got a really interesting question I need to ask you at the back end of this, because we did have some spies on the ground, and I've, I really want to find out particularly about the last qualifier. But uh, we'll start with four big men. Drew outside the second row. It looked like it was uh, it was his race to lose, and he got the job done. I probably have to admit I'd, I've never seen four big men as, as any sort of superstar, Emma, but he's a good professional horse, and he's doing a great job. Yeah, he's definitely no superstar, but he's a lovely, consistent colt, and he always uh, runs a good race. Um I was just saying to Clayton last night, he's been good value for money from the sales because he just keeps ticking over and he always pops up and wins, you know, a nice race here and there. And, yeah, he's definitely no superstar and he's, he's like a rung below the better ones, but he, he gets out there and he just gets the job done. Does two times better sit into a film, uh, similar category? No, I think two times better is as good as Kualoa, but she has not come back as good this time. But I think you'll find her better... Um, come final night. I think she drives on the racing. She's a little fat sort of filly who doesn't really work much at home. And um, she's been disappointing this time in, I thought. But I think um, she'll just get better with the racing. And I was really pleased with her run last night. It's intriguing that you say that because I, I had the same opinion, Emma. As two-year-olds, I didn't think there was anything between them. Different types of fillies as two-year-olds. But two times better was just outstanding when she was at her best at two. So that, that's what it's been, is it? Because I've been disappointed in her as well. But um, her last run at Melton was really good, and I thought she was good again last night. So she, she's just thriving on the hard racing, and it, it, it really doesn't matter how many runs she has. She's just going to keep getting better as the preparation progresses. Yeah, she seems like that, and like I was really disappointed because I thought she'd just come back and she'd sort of pick up where she left off and yeah. just match cool, oh, no worries. But uh, yeah, we just had a little bit of trouble getting her form back, but I think the more racing you see, uh, you'll see a better, a better filly. We've already sort of touched on cool, oh, she was uh, she was incredible, really. I mean, more generally, before we go through all these runners, Emma, do, do you sort of think... How much is this taken out of the three-year-olds? Not just yours, but a lot of these races last night were incredibly strongly run. Is there is there a concern at how they've pulled up and, and how they're going to go through semi-finals and finals? Uh, not really. You know, they've all come off little spells and, um, you know, they haven't been uh, heavily raced. So, no, not really at all. And 
you know, Kualoa just, she loves it. She's like a big Mack truck and she just keeps on ploughing through them. But, um, you know, she pulled up terrific and, you know, the time sort of, you know, don't worry me too much. Kualoa is a little thing with Kualoa because I think everyone will say she's clearly the number one seed in the series, but we know that her strength is strength. She's incredibly strong and has been seemingly from the word go. But is it is it a horse like two times better, that dash of speed that she might have that if she was able to sit on Kualoa, that would be the concern for those who just believe Kualoa is going to sweep the series? No worries. I mean, I think it's a, a type of concern, but um, I think if Kualoa runs along at a good clip, you know, it sort of takes the speed out of the, yeah, yeah. the horse is like two times better. So, you know, I think she's got the class to be able to maintain a high tempo for a long time. So that's definitely in her favour. Brevity has been an absolute uh, revelation, I would have thought. I'm not, I'm not sure I could could have seen Brevity getting to this level, but he's just gotten better and better and better, and he, he seems like the kind of horse now. In fact, he's definitely the kind of horse that if you if you get him into a war, um, he, well, you don't want to be in a war with Brevity at the moment. Certainly Malcolm's Rhythm didn't want to be last night. Has he surprised you a hell of a lot, Em? Um, yeah, he has a little bit. He's taken a bit of getting going. It's hard to get going as a two-year-old, and... You know, he wasn't the best pacer because he's a, he's a big gangly sort of fella, but he's real determined and that's sort of something you can't train into them. They've either got it or they haven't. And, you know, he doesn't like getting beat and he just sort of sticks his head out at the right time. Interesting we get on to the, uh, probably the strongest division of the three-year-olds. Probably. Clearly the strongest yeah. division of the three-year-olds. Demon Delight, Hurricane Harley and <laughs> Centenario. In the end, Demon Delight has parked and won, but it, it was sort of a test of speed in, in some ways in that last 800 metres. What did you make of all their runs? I thought all their runs were terrific. Um, I thought Centenario was good. He sort of missed a little bit of work and, you know, that's sort of told in the last 50. Demon Delight's been going terrific. Uh, and I think he's the one three-year-old that sort of flies under the radar. I think Hurricane Harley and Centenario sort of take the shine off him a little bit. So uh, it was good to see him get up and, you know, prove that he's as good, if not a little bit better on the night um, than those two. But I thought... Hurricane Harley's run was terrific. His sectionals would have been super. And, you know, I really couldn't fault um, any of the three. You know, I thought their runs were all terrific. He hasn't always flown under the radar, Demon Delight. Early doors, he won his first three. And I remember the night, I reckon it was his third ever start, and he went sub-53 over the short course at Melton. And I know the boom was really big then, so it's not as though this is some crazy surprise that's happened on the night, is it? I mean, you've always had a very big opinion of Demon Delight. Yeah, and he won a heat of the derby going world record time in Sydney. And, yeah. you know, he's been, some, he has a lot of trouble with his feet, so sometimes he's, he's not 100%. And it's sort of, people probably sort of think, oh, well, he's not maybe as good as what we think he is. But, you know, he've, he's been a lot sounder now, and he, he's racing a lot more consistent. And, um, yeah, no, he's always been one of our favourites. Now, all right, this is this is what I wanted to get to, him because there were a couple of more runners. Uh, amazingly, he didn't win the next couple of races, but. <laughs> My spies tell me uh, there was cheering as never seen before from Team Donkin Stewart for Always Fast Against Crime Rider. Didn't get the job done, but I do. I am intrigued by the story about the passion behind. Uh, was this to break some sort of record of winning Vic Brett Super Series heats? What was the um, what was the genesis of the uh, enthusiasm around Always Fast? <laughs> no, it wasn't really anything like that. We sort of. We have, uh, like, our interstable rivalries, and I'm a big fan of um, Gav, always fast, as we call him, and, you know, Clayton, and that sort of aren't as big a fan, and uh, he's got a, a big reputation to live up being live up to being Ride High's brother, yeah. so uh, there was just a fair bit of um, interstable, interstable rivalry there, so we got a little bit heated, and... Uh, 
unfortunately, I didn't come out on top. <laughs> he's still a pretty good. He, like he's a, he's he's a really nice horse in his own right, isn't he? Yeah, he's a lovely horse. He's just sort of a big gangly fella who doesn't really know what he's doing. You know, he sort of had the leader put away at the top of the straight, and then he sort of thought his job was done. So. He's definitely um, one that's going to get better with racing, and I think the better class of horsey races, you know, the better he'll get also. I think we've probably covered off in terms of ranking the, the girls' cool low and two times No, I actually, I, actually okay. want, I actually want him to commit between... Now that she's created the debate, Em has to commit between cool and two times better. And also, in the three-year-old Colts and Goldings is extremely interesting. I, I've got I've got a feeling what she's going to say, but are we sticking with Kualoa or is what you told us about two times better? You reckon you're going to rate her on top and who's the best of the three-year-old boys? No, I'm sticking with Kualoa. You know, she's yeah. done nothing wrong ever um, in her career, so I could always trust her. So I'll stick with Kualoa. In the three-year-old Colts, that's hard. That's really hard. I have a soft spot for Centenario because he's just a lovely horse, but... Um, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Demon Delight. Is is brevity still clearly below the yeah. the top three? I think he's just a little bit below the top three. You know, the other three have sort of raced in the in good company their whole life and sort of know what it is to race. You know, the best. So brevity is definitely the up and comer, but I still think he's sort of a, a half step behind the other ones. And very quickly, Em, because we've taken up a lot of your time today, which one of those real big gun three-year-olds is going to improve most out of the run? Just from the correspondence I've I've seen around the place and what you've said, I reckon Centenario is the one that will probably improve the most. Yeah, definitely. And I, yeah. Think, um, I think if Centenario gets driven a little bit colder, you know, I think no one sort of sees the speed he's got. So if he gets driven, say, like Hurricane Harley gets driven, if he gets a chance to, you know, he's as electric as him. So... Um, you know, I just like to see Centenario have a nice run, and he's definitely going to be the, the improver through the series. We could do this all day, Em, but you did mention very briefly there Ride High. Can we get an update on where he's at? Yeah, he's back. Um, he looks terrific, and he's just started his um, rehab work here. So, no, we're pretty excited to have him back around the stable. Em, it's just an extraordinary thing what you're doing. I know it must be a kind of unusual. It's a little bit like an athlete when they're at the absolute peak of their powers and it's possibly sometimes a little bit hard to enjoy or acknowledge exactly the achievements that are being recorded at the moment, but it has just been an, an incredible uh, incendiary start to the Vic Bread Super Series. Best of luck as it progresses as we head towards the semifinals and finals. No worries at all. Thank you very much. Well, there's Emma Stewart. Um, that was the interview that we conducted yesterday, Bakes. It is just, uh, like I said, we, we should be... I spoke about this with Michael Falgate um, during the week. We should be screaming this from the rooftops. I know there's some people who have the opinion now. We, we, you know, we, the dominance is concerning for the sport. I'm not worried about it at all because at the end of the day, it's an aspirational... These are aspirational achievements for everyone else in the sport to say, look at what Emma Stewart and Clayton Tonkin are doing can we potentially get somewhere near that in the future? And what they are doing right now is something quite mind-blowing. Yeah, and I think you look at Chris Waller in the Gallops world and I think people respect and love him. But um, another thing that we'll just touch on, I'm not sure Emma knew she was up for a 20-minute interview yesterday when we called her, but very, very well played by her for giving us that that information. Oh, it's just, it's magnificent. And I think we have learned a little bit, particularly I think you can take the adapt information. The fact that Demon Delight has now potentially gone to the top of the list for the three-year-olds and even the two times betters getting back to the level of Kualoa. So hopefully those punting futures can take that into consideration. We're going to take a short break here on Talking Trots and come back with about 10 minutes of form for Tabcorp Park tonight. Across Victoria, RSN 927 is Talking Trots. 
We are. We're back and we've got to focus on this Tabcor Park Melton meeting tonight. First race over the sprint trip. Metropolitan Maidens as per standard. Micromedia draws the pole here, Bon. Is he top pick? Uh, yep, definitely top pick. Has only ever drawn uh, gate one once in his career at start number four, I reckon it was. It's just one of those situations. He's there, Moses, are we even? The, the, the map means everything. If I was Karen Manning, I'm not, and she... He's much more deserving of being in that role than me. I'd hand up to Manganello because we saw what he did last time trying to get the front off Casbar kid. I'd just say, take it, Manganello. I'll out-sprint you. And um, you can cop the pressure that might be brought to bear during the course of the race because I think Micromedia has got that enough wind-up speed to get the job done. If Manganello leads, he's the major danger. And if there's more pepper than I expect earlier, the best closers in the race are Bopper Jet, who's a heart-breaking horse, but he's got huge ability, and also Kerford Road, who uh, is flying for AP Gath. But my number's in the first one, two, eleven, and 6. Race 2, the tab multiplier pace, again over the sprint trip, again for the Metropolitan Maidens. This the second division. Delightful mare draws the front. She's got good gate speed. You'd expect her to fire out and the clear favourite, Noah Apache Me, off the second row. Yeah, there's uh, those who follow me on Twitter will know who I'm on here. It's Noah Apache Me. Uh, look, he's a C12 against inferior horses here. He's dropping in grade. It's a second tier um, division of the MO. He won a claim of betting Metropolitan, recent Metropolitan winners last start. With any fortune at all, I think he wins the race. You've mentioned Delightful Me, a likely leader, not the strongest mare of all time, but can go about 54. I reckon out in front here, and that'll be good enough to be very hard to run past. Good boy, Cowboy. He has run some eye catches at better Metropolitan level than this and also goes in the mix. I don't think anything else can win. I've thrown in for fourth DK's dollar, who was an eye-catching performance. First up for Anne-Marie Conroy last time out, but draws poorly here, 10, 5, 6, and 11. Thirds of the claimer over the sprint. Might be Lux. Probably ticking over better than most would expect. Drawing the pole with Gusto's obviously got an excellent gate speed out wide. I think he's going to be better odds, so I'll probably be backing Might Be Luck. Each way here, but I've got six on top with Gusto. I wrote the form comment. Andre Agassi once said, "Look, I, I my goal is to play at the level where there's no, there's virtually no difference between my best and my worst. And if you're too good for me, you're too good for me. That's what with Gusto does. He goes out and says, I'm going to run this race. If you're too fast for me, well done. Sometimes they are, sometimes they aren't. I've got him on top here. I think you'll definitely run top three. So he's a great rover for your exotic wages. Might be lucky in for second. Could be peg dominated here. Kathy's son goes in for third. And Rock and Roll Noah's got the ability on his day if he gets a suck run somewhere and they run along in transit, as we saw three starts back when he just missed behind. Might be luck um, to be a feature as well. And Nono Stride, second up from a break, can improve. Six, one, eight, and seven in the claimer. The Allied Express Lightfoot Laurels for the Trotting Mares standing start. Group three, middle trip into the unknown, showed a good glimpse of form last time against the Pacers. First two runs back, this preparation, very unusual. The first one, just well below her best, and the second run galloped when making a three-wide move in a much stronger race than this. Last time out, met the Pacers, as you mentioned, 56-5 the time. She's the best mare in the race. She should win. Uh, major danger would be EG Money, who we know is pretty talented, but EG Money doesn't love the stand. Um, so I'd be more, much more inclined to go with Into the Unknown. And if you're looking for a little bit of value, Parisian Amour was an eye-catching performance last time out. I reckon he's ticking along okay. Uh, but there's plenty here that you can throw into the multiple mix or save her early quaddies like Fear, Knight and Derriere and even Hot Jane Bling. So wide open race outside the favourite, but it will be winning number 10, I reckon, into the unknown 10, 7, 5 and 6. Interesting to see that the puppet takes the drive on Hot Jane Bling. Yeah, that's an each-way bet for me. First leg of the quaddie, the Garrards at Melton Pace, 17, 20, for the M1 horses and uh, Riley Major, you've got him just into the odds on. I suspect he'll be a bit shorter. Uh, I spoke to Rowan Hilliard um, during the week, late in the week, and he pretty much said, without being arrogant, he pretty much said, we're out there to win and win impressively. They want to go to the Len Smith Mile after this. Um, and they're going to have to win really impressively, I think, to catch the eye of New South Wales selectors, given it's only an M1. He equaled the 
all Tasmanian mile record and smashed the Hobart trial record, a Hobart uh, mile record at his most recent start. The draw is obviously awful, but he should be winning. Phoenix Prince looks the only real clear and present danger if he pinched a significant march on Riley Major somehow in transit. Wingatui due flat tyre last time out, I'd be forgiving. And in for fourth, I've thrown in Van Mara, but Rockabella Stars might lead for a while as well. He's an exciting horse, Riley Major. If he brings his best, he should be winning comfortably. And I think you're right, he'll start a little bit shorter than I marked him, 11, 9, 4 and 2. Race 6 is the Neota Bloodstock trot for the MO to M1 horses, TMO to TM1 and... War Spirit's obviously ticking over really well, but this is deep, marvellous. Max returns from a break-off. A couple of questionable trials, but uh, he can certainly improve. Arnie Poppy's in rare form, and there's some class off the second row as well. I reckon some people will disagree with me. I reckon Arnie Poppy is in the top handful of trotting mares in the country. Should be in the Lightfoot Laurels, you say? Uh, I reckon. I reckon she'd... Standing Just, start, maybe not. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's the issue. But I'll tell you what, she's outstanding, Arnie Poppy. Um, wide frontline draw means she's no moral here. It's a good race, but I've got her on top here of uh, War Spirit, who will be leading. I reckon Dynamic Legacy will absolutely thrive on a trailing run behind War Spirit, so he can win as well. I've thrown in Marvellous Max, but I have been concerned with those trials. And he's obviously a horse who's got a few issues. Uh, we only saw him for a couple of ones, runs for some dominant wins last campaign and in for fourth. Arrested, but very into the mix on fast forward. It's a wide race, but if you just want one bet, just take Auntie Poppy each way, 7, 2, 1 and 6 in race 6. Race 7 is the Highland Harness Colours Richmond Last Group 3 for the pacing mares. This one over the sprint trip and all the class drawn out the back here. It's almost a replica of the uh, first leg of the mares triple crown. Tell me tales, a short price favourite over Berisarian reciprocity. The only thing is it's easier. Um, I can't believe we didn't ask Emma about this absolutely disgraceful uh, journalism from us. <laughs> uh, tell me tales will be winning. There is absolutely no doubt in didn't my mind. Didn't need to ask you. No, I really didn't. She, she just wins, tell me tales. Berisari is a great mare, a great mare, but she struggles from these wide second-line draws over short course trips because she needs to be up on the premises. So I've got her in for second, but I don't think she can beat tell me tales. Reciprocity is the other class mare in the race, and this is an easier race than the Ladyship Cup that you've referenced because... There's those three, and then there's a gap. And I reckon leading the peloton is Carla Clare, a horse I've always had a lot of time for, who draws okay in a race where I reckon a lot of the front-line runners will be restraining at the start. 10, 11, 9 and 2, tell me tales, a certainty. If not uh, a good thing before, she also follows out my Harmony Blue now. Yeah, well, so yeah. She'll get into the, the hunt early. Race 8, the last leg of the quaddy, join the VHRSC pace. Small field for the fast class of the night, the M2 to M4, 22.40, Anna Malak. Short price favourite wins, question mark. If, if anybody um, was willing to park Enamalek here, we've we've seen that he's vulnerable under those circumstances, but he keeps getting better and better for Dean Braun. I, the only problem is if someone parks him, it's probably Van Danter and he drops straight onto his back. So he's going to get a lovely run behind. Yeah, but, well, I'm not sure that would be a perfect situation. I, I just think whoever leads here, it'll be either Van Danter or Audi Hare, and whichever one of them will hand up to Enamalek, or whoever challenges them first, a big gun, that will be Enamalek. So Enamalek's going to find the front, and that's why he's the price that he is, the Golden Nugget winner. He's on top of Van Danter, who's just been a, a mind-blowing improver of recent times. In for third is Code Black, who's now with Emma Stewart. Again, remiss not to, not to ask. First up for the stable has been trialling well-defeated Soho Tribeca at the preliminaries of Ballarat in good time. And Bernie Winkle in for fourth, who's flying but won't get the perfect run that he loves here, I wouldn't have thought. Two, one, five, and 4 in the fast class. Race 9 on the card is a C5 or better. Schweppes pace over the middle trip and uh, he's a Bromac returns. Yeah, should just be winning. I mean, if he brings his best form from New South Wales and he has trial well in preparation, he just wins. He's a Bromac. Six over four spinners boy who has to be driven 
centimetre, millimetre perfect in his races because he's only got about a 300-metre sprint. But if he is, he can be dangerous. Stagalese tried well in preparation for his return. With a better draw, I would have given him a winning chance. But um, from out there, outside of he's a Bromac, probably place only. Then Village Safari, Rock and Roll Chapel go in the mix as well if you're playing exotics. But uh, he's a Bromac will start short and should get the job done. Six, four, seven, eight, race nine. The Cogs pace final C2 to 3 for... Ten thousand dollars. This one twenty two forty race ten. This is a deep race, but Regal Chevelle based on the heats uh, should be going pretty close. Should just work to the front. Uh, Regal Chevelle and win again was back to the exclusion as we know in the qualifier for this series. Five over one twelve ten. Not a lot between these. Boy from Bondi could get into an awkward position from the bowl marking draw, but is racing well. Illawong Maestro is a Metropolitan winner. Two starts back. Circumstances just didn't suit last time out. And Montiana doesn't he just keep getting better and better? He wasn't a horse you would have thought would reach too high a level, but he's... Um, he's the new Willem. Yeah, well, they're very different types of horse, but yeah, not bad. <laughs> Same stable. And El Barak wasn't bad last time out as well, but won't get the peg trip here. 5, 1, 12 and 10. Small lull each way for me in the 10th. Race 11 on the card is the O-Series final of the Vic Bread Platinum Country uh, Alabar Series, and this is for the C1 horses over the sprint trip. Preferential barrier draw, but Christmas jolt seems to be thrown in on the front row. If really under fire opts to hold the lead, might have a problem, but if Christmas Jolt's allowed to just cruise onto the top, Christmas Jolt will be winning the race. I'm kind of hoping really, really under fire and Shenandoah Sullivan do try and keep the front, because if so, I've got one at 20 bucks, or was 20 bucks during the week in Villarreal, who has not run a bad race this preparation at any stage. Lisa Miles done a terrific job with this horse, and it definitely can win under the right circumstances, so it's in for second. Third small town, who has three wide the entirety in a qualifier for this race, and, uh, and box on really bravely with an easier run. Small Town could be in the mix now Now with Marg Lee at the moment. And uh, really under fire, if driven more conservatively, will be an improved runner. Good. Four, 11, 7 and 1. Good luck to Mitchell Frost, who gets a drive at Melton with Villarreal on your roughie. The last on the card is the Aldebaran Park trot over the middle trip. Uh, pretty even race. This ballpark's obviously ticking over well. Um, our Thunder Buddy's got a lot of ability, but Fields of Kai Valley seems to have really switched on. It will be all about price here. I'm going with Fields of Kai Valley on top, but if you're getting a better price about ballpark, I'd be happy to take it. So that's eight over three. For third, number five, our Thunder Buddy, only four runs on Australian soil for two wins. And then you have to throw in Columbia's DJ, Chris Kios, Yankee Commando, all the usual suspects in your exotic somewhere. But um, I reckon the race will be run, won by either eight or three, eight, three, five, and four, my numbers. You've shown excellent hustle to get through this, Bon, I think you'll get a game next Saturday morning. What are your best for today? Uh, tell me, Tales is the moral. In terms of a little bit of value, I'd be saying variants, not variants, I should say, Auntie Poppy and also Micromedia in the first. And the rough, slip. The, the rough you I've already mentioned is Villarreal in race 10. All right, enjoy it. I will, and uh, thanks very much once again to Emma Stewart, and hopefully we can get some winners tonight, both at Melton and for the British, Crown, British Challenge semi finals up there at Tabcourt Parkman Angle as well.